It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to the Cycles of Change radio program. I'm your host, David Katzmeyer, coming to you with a special program tonight as we explore the self within. We have a special guest tonight, Carol Carolyn Bennett Sullivan, who has studied psychology, human behavior, and spirituality for more than 30 years through formal education and practical experience. Despite 25 successful years in sales experience, she chose her calling over the beaten path to become a certified passion test facilitator to help guide others to discover their top passions and priorities as she has done. Carolyn holds that by uncaging the chatter, reclaiming control over our thoughts, and reconnecting to our internal guidance system, we can gain the confidence and clarity to take back our life with purpose and passion. That is what she teaches through one-on-one sessions and in her writing. Her new book, Get the F Out, premieres this February 21st. It was her passion and mission to help others liberate their fear in order to connect to inner wisdom and live the life we each desire and deserve. As the sun sets on the machine age and the rat race, as it was known, we are each left to find our own calling as we transition into the sunrise era of new methods of interaction in our personal lives, our business transactions, and in world affairs. In short, it dawns on each of us that the twilight we see in our changing time is not only from the end of an era that we knew, but also from the dawn of an age we welcome. In this age, we may rely more on our inner strengths and calling in order to make sense of the world around us, rather than leaving core values behind in order to comply with an age gone by that was filled with materialism and quiet desperation. Carolyn Bennett Sullivan has pioneered this transition through personal experience. And as so we shall discover on our show tonight, she has learned how to share and to teach the rest of us just what she has found. So tonight, we welcome Carolyn Bennett Sullivan. Carolyn, are you there? I'm here, David. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, The timing of the show, I've been looking forward to having you on the program for quite some time, but I understand that your new book is just about to come out. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Carolyn? Absolutely. Uh, Well, my book, Get the F Out, (laughs) is being released, officially released on February 21st, and that is going to be here in Delaware in conjunction with the uh, Film Brothers Short Film Festival. So um, I'm very excited. I'll be doing a book signing afterwards, and anyone who has purchased a ticket for the film festival will get a copy of the book. Now, people can find out a little bit more about this festival by going to their website, can't they, Carolyn? Can you tell us what your website address is? Um, well, they they actually could go to Film Brothers, but I understand that it's sold out, David. <laughs> it's sold out. Well, I'm not surprised. I mean, one of the benefits is getting an autographed copy of your book. That was certainly an enticing premium as well as the show itself. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I think some of your fan base picked up on uh, on going to that uh, festival. I know that I'm one of the ticket holders, and I'm going to be there. So, yes, and I'm, uh, I'm really excited and thrilled that that you're going to be there, and uh, I feel very honored um, with the support that I'm receiving. 
you know, around the book. So it's it's um it it feels really good. I, I feel like I'm um on my right path and that's really my vision um to help other people so that everyone, you know, has an opportunity. We all have our own path. And uh sometimes I feel I know in my experience and in working with other people we do let that monkey chatter or the fear get in the way of of allowing us to be open to whatever that right path is for us. And um, so I'm, I'm excited to be able to share that with people. Well, you know, there's something very meditative in what you're saying about uh, reclaiming and quiescing the inner chatter. I mean, it seems that we live in a time that is auditorily deaf because of the ambient noise without and within, and we become so accustomed to it that we're constantly seeking distractions in order to keep that going because we've lost the familiarity of silence and listening to the silence. So in your experience, you find that reclaiming your life often means quiescing the chatter, doesn't it? For instance, is it, that internal? But absolutely. It's it's in the internal chatter and we, you're right, we have so many distractions. And, and, you know, I have to practice it as well. How often do I pick up my phone to check Facebook or to check this, to check that? <laughs> and it's, it's really about coming back into that present moment, and in particular when what I call the monkey chatter or the mind chatter, you know, begins, it, it sends us down this, spiral of negative thoughts. Maybe we'll start with one thing of we'll start thinking about something that we want to do. Let's say we want to take a vacation. And then the next thought is, well, I can't do that. I don't have the time. Where would I come up with the money? I, I, you know, just pay, barely pay my bills now. What am I crazy thinking that I could go on a vacation? And it just takes us, you know, down this negative path and and that's all fear-based thinking and so i learned from my own experience that i was when i did that and i was doing it and that it was keeping me stuck from really moving forward in my own life and so i began to identify you know specifically what some of that fear-based thinking is and how it kept me stuck. And it really comes back to catching it and recognizing it for what it is and then coming back to that place of our centeredness and really connecting with our own wisdom, our own internal guidance system, because that's what ultimately provides us with the best solutions and opens up the door of possibility in our lives. In world affairs, it's often said that wars and hatred and anger are often uh, the residual effects of simply fear. And it's underestimated how much emotion plays an important role in our decisions, our perceptions, and everything we do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pretty much all of our decisions are emotionally based. We may not, you know, think that from a logical perspective, but... Our subconscious mind is so powerful. Um, and, you know, people that are in marketing understand that. They they spend, you know, millions of dollars doing research on what kind of emotional response can they get so someone will make a decision to buy a certain item, um, even though we feel like it's a it's a logical decision. Right. If you don't buy this brand of clothes, you might be left out of the group and you'll be all yeah. alone. And uh, But yeah. this is a bit of a hero's journey to go beyond mm-hmm. the familiar because this is uh, a time that, well, we're pretty much a very adept in machines and we keep the we keep the trains running on time, but we're not really focusing as much on ourselves, although that seems to be a rising trend. But you're a little bit ahead of the curve here. Did you have to find yourself in unfamiliar ground, and how does a person differentiate beyond their comfort zone to cross into the the unfamiliar science, silence to find what's there? What was it like for you, Carolyn? Mm. Well, 
I'll I'll tell you, you know, my journey really has been it's it's been lifelong. Like, you know, I mentioned that I have been studying spirituality and psychology and human behavior for a very long time. Um and yet I struggled with fear. You know, I struggled knowing that I was not living the life that I could be living based on my own fear, based on, you know, other people's opinions of me, based on feeling like I was going to be rejected or that I would fail. And really what happened for me, I I divorced in 2010. And the first few years after my divorce, I really struggled. I struggled financially. It seemed like whatever I tried to reintegrate into corporate America, I'd been out of corporate America for about seven years at that point, like nothing worked. And I finally came to the recognition that I was supposed to be doing something different. I And I knew it. I knew it in my heart. I had felt it, that I had all these you know, reasons around me why I really shouldn't follow what I knew my intuition was telling me. And so I was really struggling, I, you know, on so many levels. And it was mm-hmm. when I got clear that I, in order for me to make a big change in my life and to basically course correct um, I needed to reconnect with myself. And so often people, I think, are afraid to do that. I think but you're right, it, Carolyn. It, 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 was, it was going down that journey and, you know, utilizing different tools like meditation and yoga and, you know, just being alone. And and getting comfortable with being by myself, with myself. You know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with just being with themselves. And Mm -hmm. until we begin to take those steps and get quiet and quiet our mind and really allow ourselves to open to the silence and become very present in the moment, We'll, you know, we'll keep going down that path of where the monkey chatter really controls our thoughts. And this is something that more and more of us are going to have to embrace because the times are changing. It used to be way back uh, when I was born. It would not be unusual for every generation to do exactly as the generation before. And the man who was Mm -hmm. working a job might work uh, 40 years and retire with a gold watch. Uh, the, the family life for women was the same generation after generation. The forms were fit. Everybody was to be part of the mold. That's all right. changing. The, yeah. For quite a while, everyone said there's a paradigm shift coming. It's here. And now that it's here, a lot of people have to go through exactly what you're doing. And this is why I think you're a bit of a pioneer who is sharing your experience. So in getting the fear out of our lives, I mean, you've realized the benefits. You realize that what was there, the need to change it, and the reward for doing that. Well, what are some of the things that we can do to quiet the fear, to quiet the internal dialogue, and to be able to do something that seems strange but is ultimately quite rewarding, even though it may may not seem it when we begin? How do we go about quieting that chatter? Well, the the first step really is to make the commitment to doing it. Um and to and I'm going to second that with once you make the commitment to understand it's a lifelong practice. This isn't something that you do once and you go, "Okay, I'm done and now you know, life is going to be perfect and I'm going to be happy and never have challenges or feel fear again." Um it really is a practice that you commit to doing. And I would say 
to initially become very cognizant or conscious of your thoughts. You know, so often our thoughts are running off in a different direction. We may be doing one thing, but we're thinking about either the next task we have to do or who said what at dinner or, you know, something else. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. you know, part of the first step is really to become cognizant of what you're thinking, where you're yes. thinking it, and, and are you even present in the moment? You know, when they talk about uh, the addictions that are rampant in uh, many societies, they often say that addiction is not always because of the intrinsic nature of something, but because it is a means of taking one away from something else. And they want the distraction to be taken away from what seems the horror of their own thoughts or the the unacceptable pain of one's own feelings. Can we actually resolve the source better if we're not running from it, if we actually find a way to work? You know, I saw a sign once many, many years ago said that the only way out of difficulty is through it. But it's like a ring of fire, isn't it? Once you go through it, 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 uh, it is behind you. It, and it, people it, it, will stay forever inside that circle of fire because they don't want to go through the emotional reaction of feeling like they're getting burned as they're getting out of it. But you only go through that once as you leave it behind, and therein lies your peace. Right. Absolutely, David. I, I think, you know, people, I believe in general, really shut down the pain. And, and you know, fear is very much based in pain. Often what what we fear is is because of pain that occurred in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we project that pain onto a future event. Yeah. And that keeps us stuck. You know, whether it's something that happened in a relationship or in a work situation where, you know, you don't want to go for the dream job because you're afraid you're going to not get the job, you know, because that happened before. You know, it it happens in so many, you know, variables of our life. And what it really is is about not facing the pain, not wanting to move through the pain. And you're absolutely right. There's, There's no way except to go through it. And that is often very challenging. And yet, it's it's what frees you. It's absolutely what frees you. So, you know, by looking at our fear, one of the things I write about in the book is looking at fear as a teacher, mm. as opposed to something that you are trying to run from or you know, move or jump over, you know, there I've read things where people say, well, you know, something you fear, step on it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't even agree with that, the stepping on it, because it's still going to come back up. It's looking at it as what does this have to teach me? So whatever is is coming up, those emotions, there's a deeper root cause and once you can begin to peel away at that and get to the root of it, then you can look at it and say, well, then what is this trying to teach me? What is it trying to teach me about myself? What is it trying to teach me about the situation? And then you can look at it as a teacher and say, okay, well, I don't have to allow this to control me. I get to choose because ultimately we do get to choose. But what happens when that monkey chatter or that fear-based thinking is what's controlling our our thoughts and our mind, we don't have control. You know, basically it's, it's like the egoic mind from the subconscious has control. 
And so when we take that step and really look at it as a teacher and look at it from a point of this is actually here to help me move forward in my life, then then it takes its power away. And we we regain our our own power. You know, we become empowered from taking that step. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I heard everything you said, and there was <laughs> my microphone was on mute. Um, uh, but I, I'm, I'm sure people just thought I was contemplating what I just heard because it was really good. No, it is really good. And, uh, you know, you, you talk about taking control of fear. We made an analogy before between emotion and fire. And yet fire is something that we can control and use to, to give yeah. us warmth, to cook our food and everything like that. If we learn to harness our own emotions, then we can actually do something with them instead of being governed by them. There's a difference between responding mm-hmm. to a situation and reacting to it. And yeah. in order to respond to it, then it means facing our own emotions and understanding and, and using them. Mm-hmm. I heard you talk in Wilmington at a, a thing called Trends Breakfast, yeah. uh, and you had everyone captivated, everyone in the room totally felt what you were saying and there were it was like yeah i went through that i felt that too <laughs> there's a common yeah, sense I, approach that you have here yeah well thank you um you know i i want to add something more to what you said about emotions and that is you know not only you know learning how to harness them um I really also believe it's about honoring them, David, because hmm. in our society in particular, in Western society, it's kind of looked down upon if you're um, what's considered emotional. Yes. And so I think we are taught to shut our emotions down. We are. And if by continually doing that, we store that in our body. You know, we physically yeah. store the, it, those emotions in, in our cells. You know, no wonder why we have so much stress-related disease in our yeah. country. Um, and so it, it really also is about honoring our emotions, whether that's if we're feeling angry or depressed or anxious happy, you know, any emotion, it's, it's by recognizing it and saying, okay, this is what I'm really feeling. And yes. if it's a fear-based emotion like depression or anxiety, I even consider procrastination a form of, of fear-based thinking because yes. it keeps us from moving forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it is fear-based, it's really, it's allowing ourselves to say, okay, this is what I'm really feeling. This is, maybe I don't like this emotion, and it's okay that I don't like it, but let me at least recognize it for what it is. Yes. Because if and we don't honor it and and recognize it, we're going to keep shoving them down, shoving them, de- shoving them down. That's right. You know, and and that's what happens. And then and, we have this yeah. whole society that's on, you know, Prozac. Because one puts the power outside oneself when one does not yeah. know oneself. And so the power outside of oneself is to take medication or to use recreational substance abuses to uh, control the emotions from an external source. Right. And, and the whole part of doing that, Really, when you think about it, using recreational drugs or, you know, uh, antidepressants. Now, there are some people who are clinically depressed. I'm not saying if you're clinically depressed that you shouldn't take an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. The point being, though, is that people are seeking that sense of connection Within yeah. themselves, within the greater part of themselves, what I call the divine, 
whether you want to call that God or your intuition or, you know, whatever name, they are seeking it outside of themselves. And that's that's why they take those things, because they're, what they're really wanting is that sense of peace and joy that comes from that inner connection that we all have. It's there. It's absolutely it's, true. It's within each and every one of us. You and know, that's, this, is, this is nothing new. Ancients, ancients have taught this for, you know, how many thousands I mean, and thousands of years? Thousands and thousands. Yeah. Absolutely right. And, you know, this is why uh, fictional stories have appealed to us, like uh, The Wizard of Oz. Because what yeah. was uh, Dorothy was going on this fantasy journey and everything like that. But in the end, it turned out that her ability uh, to go home was she had it all along. And she was going to all these wild places until eventually she found out there's no place like Ohm. There's no place like Ohm. But if we don't, right. we don't do that. When we're running from our emotions. It's like a dog chasing its tail because you can't run from yourself. You know, exactly. it wasn't that long ago that we lost uh, Robin Williams, and I, I was shocked yeah. by this. I knew he was having problems. I didn't expect it was just going to happen. But uh, he had such a power of humor because he could never sit still. He always had to get that laugh out. He always had to have that distraction. And he wound up making a career out of it. And then they talked about he went on and he had various substances. I'm not going to list the ones that I believe that they were. Uh, but uh, admittedly, uh, he had problems with a lot of them. So he tried humor. He tried distraction. He tried uh, drugs. He tried alcohol. He tried everything, perhaps, other than what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. which is finding the silence and listening to it and the divinity within ourselves, because it's in all of us. And if you keep avoiding that, then uh, you're going to wind up one day on, on the moments of your death, sounding like Citizen Kane going, Rosebud, Rosebud. Uh, and that's why that movie, the ending to that movie, has struck so many people because they go, oh, my God, your whole life can be a folly when really yeah. the things that you sought were so simple and were right there all along. And this is sort yeah. of parallel to what you're telling us, isn't it, Carolyn? It, it, it is. It's, it's about, it, you know, it's about connecting with ourselves. One, I have an acronym in the book um, for love. And it's loving ourselves, valuing everything. And yeah. for me, what what that really comes down to is that connection that that we have with ourselves, loving ourselves, you know, valuing ourselves, having respect for ourselves, accepting ourselves. Boy, that's that's a really tough one for a lot of people to accept themselves as they are. And yes. and our society certainly does not promote that um, with, you know, all everything that you can have done to yourself to change your physical appearance, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it really is about self-acceptance, self-respect, and self-value. And when we can begin to do that, and the only way that we can begin to do that is by knowing ourselves and taking that time to connect with ourselves. When we can begin to do that, not only do we love ourselves, then we begin to accept, value, and respect other people because we have that internally within us. And then the valuing everything component of that is really looking at whatever challenges show up in our life. You know, our life is full of twists and turns and peaks and valleys. It's never a straight line. Um, And looking at those as opportunities and areas in which we can grow and learn. And that's not always easy. You know, some... Some of the challenges that that we experience are really painful. Are they can be very traumatic. Well, the and only so thing harder not, than doing what you're saying is not doing it. Exactly, and and 
And so we can either choose to look at those challenges and and traumatic experiences and those painful experiences and say, okay, somewhere in here, there is something here that's going to help me on my path, that's going to help me on my journey. I may not even understand what it is right now, but I know there is some value in the situation. And, you know, it's not to say that that's always going to be easy. If if something really horrific happens in your life, it's it's not easy to look for the gift or for the opportunity for growth. Sometimes adversity can be a blessing in disguise, in other words. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, most of the time it is. You know, and... It, but sometimes we, you know, it's so painful that we refuse to see the gift. And once we have, and you made a correlation between pain and fear, and that when we experience pain, we record that in our bodies, we remember it, mm-hmm. and uh, and that produces fear. And then when we have fear, we have a whole host of reactions that can become lifelong situations for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. But when you and, get and the fear out, get the get the F out, yeah. and you have room for something. It's hard to fill a glass that's full. And if we don't know ourselves, we don't know the silence and the divinity within ourselves. We're going to be paranoid of others. And then we're going to, that's going to give us memories of other fears. We're going to associate situations and people with bad feelings that are already latent within us. We're going to have a tendency to repeat situations, uh, to stay within our comfort zone, even if it's uncomfortable. People find it more comfortable to stay in discomfort rather than to differentiate beyond it because of fear again. But love is what conquers. And so if we can find the silence within ourselves, then we have the room to understand and to receive. We have the ability to learn about ourselves because there's an old saying, it takes one to know one. Well, how can you recognize the quality and love someone who they are if you have not been able to explore yourself from the silence within? Absolutely. And and, and to really learn how to accept value and respect yourself. So often... Um, I believe people seek happiness, their happiness, outside of themselves. You they know, are. It's the substance, you know, the excessive materialism, the plastic surgery, what have you. Relationships, you know, a whole myriad of things. And what happens when we do that is then we're just disappointed and hurt time and time again because our whole sense of happiness is coming from outside ourselves. We're expecting, and then, and then people get mad with their spouses because they say, "You were supposed to complete me," but actually, we are to be complete beings in and of ourselves, and and then share yes. with other complete beings. Yes, exactly. And so, if if we're expecting someone else to complete us, we're never going to feel completed, and we're always going to be disappointed because. You know that's really a huge responsibility for another person, and they can, they're never going to measure up. <laughs> no, no, because the answers lie within ourselves, yeah. and uh, so we have to remove the obstacle. So the obstacle here is fear. Once we end the noise and all of that, so so really, this is a lot about removing the obstacles, is it not? Yes, it is. I'm really excited about that because uh, we have a society in which we tend to dwell uh, in distractions and tend to dwell on the surface. And uh, one of the reasons why I think that you're a pioneer for all of us where, where we are right now is because that's not defining where we're transitioning to. And mm-hmm. people are, are saying that you know having a mansion – Uh, And uh, having this kind of situation or this kind of social status or these kinds of relationships, uh, people are living lives of quiet desperation. There are people, there are successful losers, as I would call them. They seemingly have everything. And yet when they feel unhappy after they have everything, 
then they figure, well, there must be something wrong with them. These are the things that are supposed to make them happy. And then they start developing neurosis on top of it. And the, and the thing is, you put the power outside of yourself, you're never going to be completed because the power has been with us all along. All we have to do is click our ruby slippers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, it is very interesting, David. I I believe there is a very huge shift that's occurring in society right now. People are really wanting to feel that sense of connection. They haven't yeah. felt it for so long. And, and like you have said, we're, we're shifting from a very materialistic society um, to one that is, is based more in connection yes. and based more in authenticity. Yes. And and I believe that people are genuinely desiring to develop that connection with themselves and a deeper connection with other people that is based in authenticity and genuine caring as opposed to all these other um, values, so to speak, that really aren't values at all. Quite true. And as Deepak Chopra put it, he says he believes that we're uh, on the edge of a evolutionary leap, whereas we're transitioning from survival of the fittest to survival of the wisest. Folks, you're listening to the Cycles of Change okay. radio program. We're here with Carolyn Bennett Sullivan, uh, her soon-to-be-released book, Get the F Out, It's Not What You Think. And uh, that comes out on February 21st here on 2015. Carolyn, uh, can you tell us your your website? Uh, and then I'm also going to ask you also how people can, can get your book after it is out there in the world. Okay. Um, my website is Carolyn B. as in boy, Sullivan.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, uh, I just, have redone my website so it is either up as for, as of right now or it will be up in the next couple of days. Very good. So that's been uh, revamped, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah. People can find me, obviously they can find me on Facebook at Carolyn Bennett Sullivan. Yes. Yes. And, very good. Okay. And the book will be on Amazon so as of February 22nd, you should be able to find it on Amazon or and or on my website. And I'm on carolynbsullivan.com right now. Uh, and it's uh-huh. a nice – I love the colors on there. Everything is coming up. So that's going to be a good place to go. Well, Carolyn, do you feel like going through uh, transitional times and difficulty is what helped – give the impetus for you to take this journey. You know, this is the kind of thing that's that's referred to as the hero's journey, to go mm-hmm. beyond the concentric circles of, of what your view is, your fam- family view, your community view, your state, country, and view. And instead of just following those norms, you go outside of them. And you wind up being a bit of an outcast at first. But then in the process of that, you find something that is not only true, but then something that inspires and leads the rest of the group, and that winds up being the whole hero's journey. And uh, the the getting there is is half the hell. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It is. I, I, there's there's no doubt about it. David. getting getting there is is hell. Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's been an easy journey, and yet I am so thankful for it because had I not gone through. Uh, the challenges that I have experienced, particularly in the last four or five years, um, I, I wouldn't have gotten to the place where I am now. And it is what really called me to write this book uh, because I felt so much once I gained clarity around what was holding me back and why I struggle through some of the things that I have struggled with, I thought, if I don't share this, then someone else could be going through the same type of challenges Yes. and they're going to stay in the muck. And, I, you know, I want to help lift people out of the muck. 
I think that's what you're doing. And I, I think you're ad- addressing exactly what is at the core that so many people are, are feeling. And I think people are ready to hear this. People are ready to remove the obstacles. You know, folks, anyone has a question out there in listener land and you'd like to call in and ask Carolyn a question, you can call us at our number at 347-884-9593. That's 347-884-9593. So was that your motivation for writing this book, Carolyn, that uh, having been through it, recognizing it, and finding that there really was uh, a diamond in the sand when you found yourself out there in an emotional desert, save for the pains and the things that you had to work through, uh, and that you realized that that diamond is there for all of us, and that if you could find it, maybe the rest of us could find it too. So is is, is this why you, you're writing this so that others could could realize that they can do exactly what you did. Absolutely, because I'm, I am no different than anybody else, David. You know, I I chose to go through the journey. I, I chose to take that different path. And yet if I can do it, so can anybody else. And well, you, you do it very, you do it very well. Uh, because, you know, the, what you're saying, it resonates with a lot of people. Well, it does because, we, you know, fear is part of our uh, our humanness. It's part of our subconscious mind, our egoic mind. And, you know, we're always going to have situations in our life that will bring up some form of fear. And, you know, whether it's a little bit of anxiety about, you know, finding a parking space, you know, or, you know, something deeper than that, like getting a a cancer diagnosis, there's, there's always the opportunity for those feelings of fear to come up. I mean, that's just part of being human. And yet it doesn't have to control us. It doesn't have to control how we live how we react, um, because ultimately we are the ones in charge of our own choices, our own thoughts, our own feelings. And so once we learn how to embrace that and really integrate that into our own lives, then when those challenges come up, when those feelings of fear come up, we have better tools to work with it. And that's really what the what the book is about that's what my you know vision and mission is about it's it's not that we're never going to have challenges it's it's not that we're never going to have times where we feel angry or a situation is you know really really painful for us those things are going to happen but once you have the tools then it, it helps you to move through it much more quickly, and it also helps you to move through it with a different perspective and a sense of gratitude as well because painful as something might be, it opens you up to see the gift in it and to see the good in it. You know, there's wisdom in what you're saying um, and how avoidance actually increases the very thing that we're trying to avoid. The Chinese say that to suppress a feeling is to increase it a hundred times. Uh-huh. And uh, and then, of course, we just try more elaborate ways to suppress it. There's another saying that goes something like, uh, a coward dies a thousand deaths, but a brave person die, has but one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> running from fear is worse than confronting it because the the, the pain will pass. If you burn yourself in the stove, you know the stove is hot. If you spend your right. life trying to destroy stoves, uh, then you're you're in for a lot of trouble. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it it is it is facing it. It it is looking at it to see what it really is. And most of the time it really is nothing. You know, it's an illusion. And so when we can face it and and really recognize 
where it's coming from. And the majority of the time, it's coming from something in our past, you know, a painful memory. Then it, it, it helps to dissolve it. And it allows us to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to give you this, this power over me. You know, I, I'm the one that's in charge here. We are the custodians of our own emotions. You know, children who are mm-hmm. not yet born may be beaten for things that have happened from people who died long ago. And that's yeah. because things are taught. Things are retained. Things are carried on. Dysfunctional patterns are carried on. Uh, these become uh, patterns of abuse and violence. Uh, this becomes our overreaction or action-reaction response. And then we realize that really just by resolving the emotion, then things can take care of itself. And to think mm-hmm. twice about overreacting to a, a emotion in the wrong way and allowing ourselves to feel it because the feeling will pass, but the action will remain. So the power really lies within us, not only for peace, but also for destruction. So how we handle yes. ourselves is going to determine what is wrought or grace to the world by us, is it not? And it comes back to emotion. It Absolutely, it does. And, you know, one of the ways that that we can really harness our emotion is first of all to like I said before allow ourselves to feel it and then when when we are in it especially if it's a, a fear-based emotion to to become the observer of it hmm. so if we're really feeling anxious about something you know understand yes, yes I'm I'm feeling anxious about the situation but then step back from it and say, well, isn't this interesting? Yeah. Let me just observe myself feeling this emotion. And when you do that, it allows you to detach from it. So it's like you're still feeling it, but you're not deep in the muck of it. That's the difference between responding to it and reacting to it. Yes, and so it allows you to step back and say, all right, I'm really not liking how I feel right now, and yet I can observe it and see it for what it is and understand that it doesn't have to control me. It doesn't have to, you know, this too shall pass because our emotions do change all the time. They do. And when it's a wonderful emotion and we can embrace and observe it and experience that as well, then so much better are we able to appreciate the values within someone else. And then yes, love is, is opens the door to love between people. Love all men. Uh, you know, there were a lot of expressions in the 60s that were real. It was tell it like it is. Um, and, you know. That was one of the expressions there, and what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And they're they're like on polarities, fear and love. One does not exist where the other one is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So when you get, when you learn how to recognize, embrace, and be able to experience fear, and then hence be able to manage it, and then resolve it, because you understand what it is instead of running from it, then you clear the way to understand and to feel at peace, and that opens the door for us to be able to love each other. Is that not true? Yeah, yeah. And, and love ourselves, which is the key to loving other people, is to, to love ourselves first. This echoes That's- a lot of great words of wisdom that have been passed down through the ages, and as mm-hmm. more and more people begin saying the very things that you're telling us and you're making it easier for us to have a dialogue, not only internally, but with each other. When you read something like get the F out and say, oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of, oh yeah, in this book. (laughs) We need to give (laughs) words sometimes to the obvious because there are two things that are very hard to see, uh, the very obscure and the very obvious. And you're allowing us to 
claim and recognize the obvious. And then what is more obvious than what we truly are? You're hopping yeah. behind the gateways while removing the obstacles for us to be able to discover what that is all about. Mm-hmm. Interesting journey. Well, Carolyn Bennett yeah. Sullivan, I thank you for coming on to the show tonight uh, on the premiere of your book, Get the F Out, which is great advice. And to find out a little bit more about that, go to Carolyn's site at carolynbsullivan.com and also find out what else she's doing. She gives wonderful talks, um, and uh, it's going to be interesting to follow what she's doing, which is exactly what I think society and the world is doing in the cycles of change and this rising era. Carolyn, do you have any parting words for our our listeners tonight? Um, Just a quote by Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. And Marianne Williamson says that we are all born with love and it is fear that we learn here. Ah, I love that. That's wonderful. So it, it is. And thank you so much, David. I so have enjoyed being on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity. And I appreciate the openness with which you are sharing what you have found because it's important for all of us to know. Folks, thanks for listening to the Cycles of Change radio program. Come back and join us at blogtalkradio.com forward slash cycles. Thank you all and good night. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.